Hello, welcome to Us Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. This is going to be a relaxed video and podcast. So if you are watching this back on YouTube or as a VOD on Twitch, where we're currently recording with a live studio audience, the Twitch chat, like the Iceman who just subscribed, thank you very much. And uh, and you're, all you're listening to this back as a podcast, thanks very much uh, for enjoying my content. I really appreciate you. Thanks to everyone on the Us Wargamer Patreon for helping support me so I can make more content it's appreciated today we're going to be doing a tier show a classic a classic who done it uh for youtube youtube people love a tier show uh so we're going to be doing a tier show and we're going to be doing them on the endless spells from the new ghb they had a pretty big rewrite uh with the new general's handbook which came out a few weeks ago and these should last over the course of the next ghb the Endless Spells are spells, obviously, that can be taken by Wizards. If you're playing a 2,000-point match-playing game, don't forget you can only include three Endless Spells in your army. Uh, to cast an Endless Spell, you need to uh, match or beat its casting value that's on its War Scroll. It counts as a spell when you cast it, so if you've got bonuses to casting rolls or bonuses to cast spell range, you could set them up further, so that's something to remember. Endless Spells move uh, if they're predatory, some aren't predatory, move at the end of uh, your hero phase, but before end of hero phase abilities happen. That's something really important to remember, which some people will get wrong. Uh, so that's something else that's also super important. In order to stop an endless spell, you only need to roll above its casting value, not what your opponent rolled. So if it's only cast on a 5, but I rolled an 11 to cast it, my opponent doesn't need to roll a 12 to stop it, like you normally would if casting a spell. Um, uh, well, it, they do when they're unbinding the spell. Like when, when I initially cast it and I roll an 11, they do have to roll a 12. But subsequently, when I try to unbind an end, sorry, dispel an end of spell, that's what it's called, I only need to beat its casting value, which is cool. Uh, you can uh, dispel them outside of 30 inches. Uh, you have to dispel them at the start of the hero phase. That's something also important that you've got to remember as well. Uh, you have to pay points for endless spells. Um, uh, loads of these endless spells are sold out across the world. I would just kitbash my own personally. Some of them look cool. Some of them look terrible. Um, and uh, yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much everything that you'll need to know about endless spells. Some are predatory. Uh, I, think, I think I've covered most of the stuff. Or most of the stuff we'll need for the tier show. Uh, but we'll bring up anything else that you need to as we go through. Shout out to the chat. I'm going to be talking to the chat as we go through this, which is fun. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing this because there's some fun stuff in here. So what we're going to do, there was a leaked version of the GHB online. So I'm just going to use this for now, uh, just because I haven't finished making mine. And we're going to go through these. Blank Wizard, thanks for resubscribing in the chat. Uh, loads of love. Uh, Kitbashes of Endless Spells are way more primal as well. That is true. Hashtag primal uh way more primal so super worth talking about uh okay so first of all we're gonna start with horrorgast which made it into the s tier in my last endless tell endless spell tier video in the last ghb but some of the rules have changed this one hasn't changed uh so if someone in the chat can remind me the points for these this would be great so endless uh this is cast on a five so it's easy to cast but don't forget this ghb a lot of people are using primal dice hashtag primal uh, therefore, if you're trying to, and you can use Primal Dice to try to dispel a spell, I would say as a general rule, I won't bring this up again, it's going to be much easier to get rid of Endless Spells in this GHB than it was ever in Age of Sigmar, and so probably their effectiveness is much lower, because you're going to get rid of them much easier, unless they have a long threat range on the first turn, 
that's the turn in which you cast it, which is where you can roll high and your opponent uh, is going to have a more difficult time trying to stop you. But when they're rolling, uh, when they're rolling just dispel dice, super easy. Um, oh, final bit with endless spells. If you dispel an endless spell in that turn, it can't be recast in that turn, if that makes sense. So a trick to use if your opponent wants to use an endless spell is to dispel it in their turn, meaning that they can't cast it again in that turn. So they miss out a couple of turns of it, uh, which helps. Um, uh, do you still have the old chart? Interested to compare uh, old and then spells depending on the current meta. Yeah, I did have the old chart, um, uh, but it was a, it was this chart originally which I did. I don't know if I end up going out of it. I have reset it now. I don't know if there's. I don't know if it's going to have stored it. Oh, maybe, maybe. Is this me? No, I've reset it unfortunately. Uh, so I did have a version uh, from the previous one, but. I'm afraid not. So, first one we're going to do is Horrorgast. Horrorgast. Okay, spooky spell. It's Nagashi's head. Clearly meant to be. Uh, thanks, Warhammer Rob, for resubscribing. Remember, this is a few battle tactics that interact with the spells now. Yes, there are also some battle tactics and uh, interact with the spells as well. That's super worth talking about. Um, it really, really is. Okay, so Horrorgast. Predatory. It's cast on a 5 and a range of 12 inches. So, uh, that means you set it up within 12 inches. That's what that means. And it's got a really low casting value, so you're going to cast it. It's uh, and then it's a predatory under spell, so this means it's going to move at the end of the hero phase before end of hero phase movements, and it can move eight inches. So immediately set it up within twelve, moves eight inches. That's twenty inches, and then its effect range of its ability prey on fear is twelve inches. Units cannot receive commands in the battleship phase while they're within 12 inches. So no inspiring presence, which means you can ignore the effects of a battleship test. In addition. If a unit fails a battleship test while it's within 12 inches of any endless spells, with this ability, add D3 to the number of models that flee. Now, this endless spell costs 60 points, thanks to Aldum in the chat. This is pretty interesting, actually, because I've always liked this, but you need to talk about those units, or the units that are in the game right now, and if there are loads of low bravery uh, units in the game that this is going to affect. The first thing that probably that springs to mind is Gloom Spike Gits. Uh, because they normally have lots of models in those armies um, and making them suffer a ton of damage. And then Battleshock is good uh, because they have a low bravery and then an additional D3 models is running away. Particularly good in things like Trogs, as an example. Um, Games Workshop has always given units low bravery and then also given you the ability to punish units with low bravery. Um, uh, that's always been something that they've done. So some armies have always done worse because of that effect. Um... Uh, but that that's that's kind of that's just something that's always been true. Um, so this is kind of interesting, uh, to be honest, uh, because I'm just trying to think about the other armies in the game right now, which might be affected by this. Uh, Mortal Corns, a great shout. I love that idea. Um, I like the idea that that affects that affects Ko a bit. Stormcast um, uh, maybe affects them a little bit. Silvereth, they were very popular in the meta. Sanesh. It, I think it would affect them. The thing, the reason that this though is effective, it affects all of the units in range, but you need to combine this with being able to do AOE damage, and that's on the rarer side. You don't generally tend to have a lot of AOE mortal AOE damage, as in you hit multiple sorry area of effect. You don't hit multiple different units all at the same time because those abilities are fairly rare. So it feels like Seraphon really like this as well. Um, 
And of course, uh, yeah, Corn liked the idea of this affecting them. Thanks to uh, uh, the best GHB player in the world right now, Peter Tweak in the chat. Because uh, <laughs> obviously you get the spell ignore on and the spells with Corn as well. Um, yeah, so any large blocks of units are going to be, this is going to be good into, but you also ne need to be able to damage those large blocks as well. And you probably need to damage multiple large blocks. Although you could always use it to just hammer one unit do enough damage to a single unit and then also make them battle shock and then also make d3 more run away so we the thing is is i obviously know what all these endless spells do and we're going to talk about geminids and geminids so geminids just goes there at the top um we don't need to talk about that now because geminids just does that same thing but way better <laughs> for cheaper so that's actually kind of worse but its effect range is really good and i still think that it's really good inside of the meta um in the right situation and if in a, like a team situation where you can guarantee who you're playing or if you're playing your mate at home then it's a great take in my opinion in my opinion so uh we, we are going to talk about geminids obviously but we're gonna we're gonna just do that because this is worse because geminids exists otherwise i think it's just a great take it's just a good, it's good, it's 60 points, it can affect your enemy, it can affect you as well, um, but I think this is really good. We're not going to do faction and the spells today, but we can do if the chat and the people at home, the podcast people or the YouTube people want me to do faction and the spells as well, we could do that as well. But we're not going to do that as well today. Um, uh, so I, I quite like this. I think this is a great take uh, because I think it works in almost all situations. Some armies ignore it. I think in Corn and OCR Bone Reapers. OCR Bone Reapers because they ignore Battleshock tests anyway. Um, uh, I think it's really good. Really, really good. Uh, okay, uh, so what's the next one on the list? So it's quite fun. Aether Void Pendulum. Okay, let's work out how many points this bad boy is. So it's cast on a six. It's got a range of eight inches. Um, and then if successfully cast it up, this ends spell hold even range of the caster. And with its ender spell set up, pivot the model so that the tip of the pendulum blade is pointing in the direction in which you wish the ender spell to move. Now it's predatory. It can either move forward or backwards along the line in which it's facing. Uh, it can be moved eight inches and can fly. And when you move this ender spell, it must move in a straight line in either direction. So one direction or the other. And after this ender spell is moved, roll a dice for each unit that has any models that it passed across. Um, uh, or each other unit within an inch of it and it's uh, on a two plus this of a d6 mortal wounds <sighs> okay so it's got an effective range of 16 inches set it up with an eight move eight inches but once you do move those eight inches so like you can keep moving those eight inches again uh so which is kind of okay uh question about the pendulum can you when you move the end of spell can you change its orientation when it lands uh no you definitely can't you can't um hey team hello mr nogal matthew hope you're doing well d6 mortal wounds is good and d6 mortal wounds isn't on a single model uh it's 40 points thank you as well in the chat it's not on a single model okay after you send the spells roll the dice each unit that has any models that passed across it uh and each other unit within an inch on a two plus surface d6 mortal wounds so that's a lot of mortal wounds like potentially for what is a cheap points value of 40 points in fact you would be really hard pressed to find many other units in the game that could do remotely this amount uh, of potential damage for 40 points like you're going to do a ton just stick this in front of a, a cup like your opponent charges you you set it up 
you've got a 16 inch range you could throw that right into a bunch of different units it flies as well and then do a ton of damage because it's every unit within an inch at the end of its move that's a lot uh so that's a lot of damage now it's quite interesting we haven't really what we normally see from ender spells is they're normally like economies of scale so they like make units just way better uh, in some ways obviously we saw that with like spell portal or cogs in the last ghb but in this ghb um i'm not really certain right now but i think this is good like i think its points are cheap and it does a pretend a potential potential <laughs> it does a potential huge volume of damage um which i think is good and its range is okay one of the things we should talk about right now and i talk about this a lot of the minute is everyone's like my unit doesn't go from my backboard edge to their backboard edge therefore it's incredibly slow and i'm like dude all the objectives are in the middle just go there if i deploy 11 inches on i probably can cast this spell to the back of an enemy objective right and then in their turn just unbind just dispel that spell and then cast it again and just do a ton more damage um uh, being a large base it's hard to fly over units with this eight inch move it's true uh, i agree it's good in ghb that rewards you for killing stuff with spells that's also true uh being a large base is difficult that's a great shout rule of cruel uh i agree with that pendulum and horror gas combo yeah you could do both don't forget you can only include uh, include an endless spell for each wizard in your army up to a maximum of three um i would say it's in a i would say it's a great take in the right situation doing a ton of damage and it's so cheap i think it's a great take i really do i really think it's a great take so i don't think i don't think there's any argument for doing damage uh in this geomantic cogs oh how the mighty have fallen it's a cast of six and a range of six inches and it doesn't move okay uh mechanisms on the time uh when you set this in a spell you must decide if it's an increasing or decreasing the flow of time if it's increasingly um if it's increasingly uh increasing the flow of time players can reroll charge rolls for friendly units while they're wholly within 12 inches of any friendly spells with this ability so reroll charges for friendly units uh is not in my personal opinion a great ability it's fine but we already have a command ability re-roll so you can already re-roll stuff so i don't think you need this yeah this is ruining yeah thank you thank you peter yeah zinch players in shambles lots nagash players in shambles as well uh being able to re-roll all your casts what it previously did was uh it allowed you to slow down time and re-roll all of your casts every unit in range could re-roll their casts uh and this is cost 50 points i'm never gonna spend 50 points on a re-roll so i wouldn't take it slow down time um uh to in sorry to speed up time if i was going to decrease time uh then uh if it's decreasing time then uh a player can attempt to cast either arcane bolt or mystic shield in their hero phase with a friendly wizard wholly within six inches of this end of spell without counting that spell towards the number of spells that wizard can attempt to cast in that phase in addition um subtract one from hit rolls for shooting attacks that target wizard heroes while they're wholly within six inches of any ender spells with this ability if a player's only friendly wizards within six inches of the spell at the start of the hero phase they can either change this end of spell to increase or slow down time so it lost its reroll casts way worse 
way, way worse. But you can attempt to cast a spell. There's only one, two situations where I think this is really relevant. This is in Zinch, and this is in Seraphon. Specifically because in Zinch, you get a, you'll get an extra fate point for casting that spell. And in Seraphon, if you're using that slam with the, uh, the command trait that does additional celestial core points, if you're going second in a turn, and they're near cogs, that means they're going to cast an additional two extra spells in this GHB, taking them up to five spells and ten celestial core points, which is bonkers. Uh, but those are very situational. Where I don't think it's situational, and I think, actually, this is great, minus one from hit rolls for shooting attacks to target wizard heroes within range. Now, this is only going to affect... This is only going to affect... Um, monstrous heroes because obviously they've changed lookout sir not i think they wrote changed lookout sir after they wrote this uh, so that you can no longer target any uh, any characters on foot uh heroes on foot as long as they're near a unit within three inches with three or more models um from outside of you can't target them unless you're within 12 inches from shooting so this just makes like that fairly redundant but this works really well on like large casters from shooting so kairos uh, croak um a lot of change i don't know if there are any big casters at range to be honest maybe arcan i guess um uh, minus one to hit is never bad uh yeah but if they have a mount then you could stack this up for minus two to hit a range but it's a lot of points to do that right it's 50 points so 50 points 50 points a lot of points uh to make that happen not sure certain i'm sure so in the very right situation i think it works but I think in every other situation, like, I think even then those players, thank you so much, I think even then those players would struggle to justify it, uh, in my personal opinion. So, I think even the players that can take it would struggle to justify it. Um, and only works best probably in Seraphon, I think is a fair statement. Our next owner spell is the Emerald Life Swarm, and it's got a range of six inches and a casting value of six, and it's a predatory endless spell that moves eight inches. So that gives it a 14-inch range when you cast it. And uh, it's got the ability Bounteous Healing. After this endless spell has moved, the commanding player can pick one unit within three inches of it. They can heal up to D3 wounds allocated to that unit, or if no wounds are allocated to it, they can return a number of models to that unit out of combined wounds characteristic of d3 or less okay so just waiting for the chat to tell me how many points this is because i don't think i can remember i think this is like over 50. so heal d3 or return d3 single wound models so you gotta ask yourself um can you 60 points you gotta ask yourself do you need do you need to spend 60 points to heal d3 all the time now i think there's a situation where you could but it's very rare and it's not overly fast. Let's say you wanted to have it with a combat unit, which is the unit that's more, most likely to take most damage. Thanks, any Brooks, for resubscribing. So you're going to run forward, and then you're going to be out, out of range of the Emerald Life Swarm really quickly to heal D3. Um, if you're getting shot at range, then you're just going to do heroic action and do a recover. I think the armies that can already heal, heal enough now that they don't need it to add on. Um, but I think there is some situations like a moon tyranid in the chat says loved it on Zinch Archeon. Um, so being able to heal a big multi wound model like that is good. Um, uh, yeah, works well for Gotrek. Being able to heal Gotrek is fun. Uh, I like that. 
hide it and heal the primal miscast so it can't be unbound. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> when you could double tap this, it was legit good. That is also true, but you can't do that anymore. But you can do it each hero phase. And I don't hate the idea of having a monstrous hero that could be healed d3 every single hero phase that's a significant that's four here that's four uh wounds a turn that can be really good you just need the right survivable hero so i think like things like frost lords and stonehorn kind of make sense but the problem is they're so mobile they're so aggressive they're running across the board so so much um i think that that's that's a major issue uh, and also it's 60 points it's slow it's difficult to keep up with I would struggle and then for healing like little characters like d3 models back to a unit i mean it's not a bad shout um you're returning four models per battle round to a unit but you know there aren't te doesn't tend to be loads of elite units and it's not per model so i can't bring back uh, like units with two wounds it has to be like one model with two wounds or three models with one wound so uh like i think if it's already got healing they heal well enough if it needs healing, it's probably too far away. Uh, so, I just don't think I could. I don't think. I don't think you can. I say don't take it. Can't justify it. I don't think I can justify it at all. I think there's a, a fringe case where you take it um, in the right build because you just want to keep that healing up as much as possible. But I really can't think of a situation where I want it, in my opinion. Um, uh, so Lost Ogle says in the chat, good on Wizard Heroes at the minute and can sit back at the healing range units. Yeah, I guess in a world of primal miscasts, it's not a terrible idea to maybe stick it on a hero. Uh, near a hero, just have them doing primal miscasts, taking damage, but also healing themselves. But you need something that's got like at least seven wounds because so they won't die immediately to the primal miscast. Uh, so, yeah, this is pretty rough. Um, so I'd say I can't justify it. I'd say I can't justify it. I'd say don't even take it. I say I can't justify it. I think I can't justify that one. Next up, the Geminids. R.I.P. the game. Um, R.I.P. the game. Okay. This is, for some reason, 40 points. Uh, oh, sorry, 50 points. 50 points for this. This needs to be immediately up to 80 to 100 points. And we'll talk about why. It's got two parts to it. So its effective range is much bigger than you give it credit for, unlike the other end of the spells. It's got a casting value of 6 and a range of 8 inches. Uh, and then uh, the parts always need to be within 6 inches of each other. This end of spell is a predatory end of spell, which means it's going to move at the end of each hero phase, but before end of hero phase abilities. It can be moved up to 8 inches and can fly. So your initial, initial range is 16 inches. The parts of this underspell must be within six inches of each other. Okay. Tendrils of Shadow and Light. After this underspell is moved, roll a dice for each unit that has any models that it passed across and for each unit that's within an inch of this underspell. On a two plus, that, uh, that unit cannot issue or receive commands until the start of the next hero phase. Like... Yeah, there's Elric in the chat said it's never been truer that they don't know how to point endless spells than this endless spell, and this is correct. So why is this so effective, right? Uh, Mark in the chat saying a hundred points would be fair on this. Um, like this is just crazy. So you cast this in the hero phase, and it's going to move at the end of the hero phase. 
if you let this affect your en the enemy units in range, any enemy unit that's affected by this won't be able to do in order redeploy or any any command abilities in the movement phase, like a redeploy, any command abilities in the shooting phase, any command abilities in the charge phase, like reroll charges, any command abilities in the combat phase, like all out attack, all out defense, and any end uh, any command abilities in the uh, battle shop phase, like uh, inspiring presence. So they just oh, and also obviously you can't do unleash hell. So you like, and that's just the generic command abilities, not including all of the command abilities that they might want to do as an army. So this is massively effective. Um, it has it's a game changer. Okay, so I mean, uh, so Mark, now we had an event this weekend already. Don't forget. Uh, and Mark, who was our table boss uh, at the weekend, and all of those videos are going up, the battle reports from all of those are going up on the Ultimate Gamer Patreon over the next week. Uh, but yes, Mark talks about, I saw this literally used by Seraphon, but it could have been any other magic shooting army like LRL or KO to delete two thirds of a Trog army. Not doing Inspiring Presence was brutal. And it didn't, it, it didn't allow them to do Inspiring Presence or even all-out defense to several different units. Um, it's just so so good and thank you to rob in the chat there is an stl for geminids online uh if anyone is interested there it is uh from spell pack 2 by ratman forge <laughs> it's worth pointing out i think so it's just it's just uh, it could even get its own it could even potentially get its own tier it's so good it's so so good and i don't think there's a situation where making your opponent not be able to do how opponents work which is command abilities or sorry how armies work which is command abilities um is ever going to be a bad thing so i like i would include this in your list and then you would have to find a reason to justify it not being in your list like if you say to your opponent your opponent can't redeploy out which has been game winning for some people uh reroll charges so they don't get into charges um like literally justify why it it doesn't work um uh, in your list first put this in your list first and then write other stuff after it uh, feels like the fair thing uh, and especially with primal dice just yeet this bad boy in all right next geminids geminids is the best oh this is causing another spell that's causing drama the malevolent maelstrom causing absolute drama out there on the internet right now this thing um would you include it if you already have effects to turn off command abilities uh i mean that's the thing you like with with Geminids, you have to... If you're like, I'm already turning off all your command abilities somehow, then no. But, you know. 30 points for this bad boy. 30 points, which is a great points value because it's almost something you can just chuck in your list for nothing. It's like 30 points. Okay, cool, I've got 30 points. Obviously, Triumphs are really good, but as I've said many times uh, on the stream, Triumphs should be banned from competitive play. Uh, it's embarrassing that they're there uh, from a game design perspective. Um, and is really really bad uh so yeah the mystical bollock <laughs> uh will be bonkers on seraphon we already saw that at the weekend all right so it's cast on a five so it's easy to cast but that does mean it's easy to dispel and a range of eight inches if successfully cast up uh set up this other spell spell wholly within range of the caster so, 8 inches. It's a predator in this spell, though, and it moves 8 inches and can fly. So, 16 inches on the first turn when you uh, when you cast it. Right, then you've got Morbid 
detonation. After this ender spell is summoned, place a d6 beside it with a one facing up. Each time a spell is successfully cast by a unit within 12 inches of this ender spell are not unbound. After the uh, effects of the spell have been resolved, increase the value of the dice beside this by one until it gets to six. In addition, each time a model is slain within 12 inches of the spell, increase the value of the dice beside the center spell by one to a maximum of six. At the end of the phase in which this dice beside the center spell reaches six, this end of spell is removed from play. When this end of spell is removed from play, add six to the value of the dice beside it. Each unit within 12 inches of this uh, uh, spell suffers D3 mortal wounds. If it was a wizard, it's flat three. Okay, so when you read it, you're like, okay, that doesn't sound great. Uh, I don't, and which is why I would have been put to 30 points. But let's talk about how it works. Okay, so you set it up, you set it up with an eight and it moves eight. Right, it's pretty. It's pretty, pretty scary. So that's sixteen inches. Then, what you could do is, for instance, is you could cast a bunch of spells. Cast one. Cast a bunch more spells near it because you cast it in your hero phase. Then any other spells that you cast are gonna like power it up in the hero phase. Then at the end of that hero phase, what you do is you push it another eight inches forward. So you could just tick that marker up to like a number five. Then. Your opponent, if they have any models that uh, that die near it, let's say you move it forward and you shoot one of their models that's near it and it dies, turns it up to a six and then blam, huge. Or uh, you do uh, like, so you, but you're going to move it. So the ordering is the thing that's really important is you cast it and then it moves, which means you get to power it up, juice it up before you send it off send it off towards the enemy it also means that they might not want to cast spells so if you set this up within 12 inches of one of their casters if one of their casters tries to cast a spell that'll turn it onto a six and then it'll blammo into their army um which is just nuts uh now it only does 12 inch range in addition each time the spells uh like because it's it's a six it goes up to a maximum of six and it, you add six to it right which is nuts uh but yeah because it's a because it's like a single point on the board, it's 12 inches from any point of it. So it has a huge radius uh, like that it affects, but it's far away from your army because you've obviously pushed it 16 inches. So it's just really good. Um, uh, yes, and in some armies, uh, like where you can set it up further, Arcan is a good example, Seraphon are a good example, then this is going to be even more effective. Um, and then it goes 22 inches in Seraphon before being dispelled. Um, it always explodes even when unbound. Uh, is it Croak that can dispel at the end of the hero phase? Croak can, uh, the slam can dispel anywhere on the board, Dom. Uh, they don't need to measure uh, range for doing. It explodes when unbound. Um, it does explode when unbound. Uh, hold on. When this end spell is removed from play. So at the top, when this end spell is removed from play. So when it's unbound. Yeah. I don't understand how this works. Okay. End spell. Put it on the board, set it up within 8 inches. Cool. Puts a 1 next to it. No drama. Any models near it, 12 inches, or any spells cast near it, um, turn that, that number up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. If you get to 6, it explodes automatically. And then you add 6 inches to it, which is twelve, which is 6 plus 6, 12 inch range. Everything within range takes D3 mortal wounds. If it's a wizard, it's 3. That's how it works. But when you dispel an ender spell, you remove it from play. So if there was only a three on the number and you dispelled it, you would add six inches plus three on the dice for nine inches. Everything would take D3 mortal wounds. 
that's how it works um uh super easy uh like like when this endless bolt is removed from play uh and, and, and removed from play is dispelled that's how it works uh so if I could dispel this down, you're saying just paint more gluttons. Distill this down, I'm saying paint more gluttons. Of course, that's what I'm saying. You know it. It absolutely does because, uh, yeah. Unless you're a Zinch and then you can take control of it and send it back. You could. Uh, so for 30 points, it's really good because it doesn't affect you in the first turn. Because um, you can summon it and then send it away, which is nice. Uh, which is quite nice. Uh, do you think Cities uh, Sigma Hollow Heart could be good in the new GHB? Uh, Alex Jones in the chat. I think that the new Cities Sigma book will be out so soon that it doesn't really matter talking about it. So I'm going to say yeah, but you're going to get a new Cities Army soon with a whole new rules. So maybe, but we don't know for now. Um, I think it's. I think this is a um, because not as many uh, armies can manipulate how strong this will be. This feels like this is really strong. Because also, don't forget, it works on slain models. So there's ways to guarantee it working really well for you. But also having this work on slain models works really well with shooting armies as well. Move it 16 inches, put it near a bunch of, near a, a unit you're going to shoot the screen. Shoot the screen, loads of models die near the screen, and then it blams into their army. Feels like a really good one. And it's so cheap. It's 30 points. What planet are they on? 30 points yeah and uh, and like lindry says in the chat the fact that it's still explosive and dispelled is super strong as well you keep control of an endless spell if it's within 30 inches of the caster so you're going to get to keep control of this death ball that's going to move around your opponent's army following them around if any models die or they try to dispel it it's going to explode um uh, yeah, it's, it is army dependent. If you if you're an army that wants to go fast though and move into the enemy army, then it's is difficult because you're going to be chasing the thing that's going to explode. Um, but if you're an army that wants to sit back, or if there's an enemy army running towards you, the explosion range is 12 inches, right? No, the explosion range is six inches plus the number neck on the dice next to the spell. So it varies between seven and 12 inch range, is the range of it. Um, and it does also hit, hurt your own armies. That's correct. It's only D3 Mortal Wounds was going to run out here. It is only D3 Mortal Wounds. It's only D3 Mortal Wounds to multiple units. But it works really well if you can combo loads of other AoE damage as well. Uh, and would work quite well with Horogast in many ways. That's a nice little loadout spell-wise already at the top. Um, Geminids first and then pick your damage spell. And then, you know, you don't... <sighs> I think Horogast maybe has to go down just because of how good Geminids is. I don't know. Uh, uh, Cogs going up and got worse? It's a great question. I don't know. This works really nice in Soulblight Gravelords as well. Like, it's really nice in Soulblight Gravelords where you do, where you cast a spell on a nine that does two mortal wounds to each model in the enemy army and then you explode Maelstrom on them. So they're going to be taking 2 plus D3 mortal wounds on a ton of models in the army. Uh, is Geminis and Horogas good? Potentially. It's a lot of points, though. Uh, you're talking 110 points. Um, Horogas is just a worse version of Geminis. There's one bonus thing that you get about Horogast, which I think why it's worth staying in A, is that D3 additional models run away. So if you are fighting something like 
nine storm fiends. Um, you can make them an, uh, ignore battle shock, for example, with the Geminids. But with Horogast, an additional D3 runaway, that's actually pretty spicy. So multi wound models, an additional D3 runaway is so good. Um, in my personal opinion. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, which is next? Let's go. Prismatic Palisade. Ooh, okay. Uh, so it's cast on a 7 and a range of 18 inches. Uh, if you get me a points value, please, chat. Uh, and you set it up. A range of 18 inches. Let's start there. Huge range. Effective range. Massive. 18 inches. If you have abilities to make it go longer, even further. Right? And then you've got Blinding Light. After this end of spell, yeah. I, I, Spirit Gale in Soulblight Gravelords and Maelstrom is stonks. That's all I'm going to say. That's so good. 40 points for this. 40 points for the Prismatic Palisade. Um... So after this end of spell set up, at the start of each subsequent hero phase, roll a dice for each unit within six inches of this end of spell. And on a three plus, a unit cannot make a shooting attack in that turn. Add three inches to the range of this ability at the start of each battle round after the turn in which the end of spell was unbound. So it's cheap. It's 40 points. It's obviously anti-shooting. Uh, it feels like it's actually anti-unleash hell. So if you cast this... Um, if you cast this after... Uh, like after the end of spell set up, roll dice for each unit within three inches. On three plus, you can commit shooting attacks in that turn, which is nice. Uh, the base is also huge, which is good. Uh, thanks, Dave, for resubscribing. 24 inch rage, yeah. Six inches plus the 18 inch setup, so it's got a big spell range, which is a bonus. It's cheap. Um, uh, and then it's going to get bigger. It's going to go 24, 27, 30. Oh, it's, it's going to be six inches, nine inches, and then 12 inches eventually. So you might be able to really shut down a. Uh, a, mag a shooting phase from the enemy army. My problem is, is it's actually fairly limited, six inches, and then even when it goes up to nine inches, you could probably, as a shooting unit, move outside of that. Most of the shooting units that we see are very mobile. KO, very mobile. Bliss Barb Archers, very mobile. So you don't generally tend to have a lot of static gun lines. This feels like it's something from the past. Um, so I think that that's an issue. Uh, and ultimately, it's situationally good into a meta that might not exist um, and is kind of okay. Uh, so I think, I think, I think, I don't even know if you can justify it. Maybe be aware it exists. Like maybe like if shooting's a thing, like, but I don't know if you could ever really justify it, to be honest like it's not ever going to do and it's on a three plus that's the other thing as well you can't eat it's not even like you definitely like geminids is a two plus right this is a three plus in fact i'm gonna argue that you you can't justify it i don't think um i don't think you're gonna justify it at all i don't think there's ever gonna be a situation where you could justify it um be interesting Okay, so, yeah, that's what we're going to settle it out, I think. We're going to settle it out as being can't justify. I feel like that's fair. Okay, next up. The purples. Girls just want to have some. Girls just... Or purple rain. Purple rain. Uh, like, whatever you want. Okay. Purple sun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is cast on an eight and a range of eight inches. And I think it's 90 points. Get that double checked. 
Uh, so eight inches is, is how you set it up. And it's predatory, so it's going to move at the end of each hero phase. But before end of fa hero phase abilities, this endless spell is predatory endless spell. It can be moved up to eight inches and can fly. So it's got a 16-inch effective range on the turn it cast. It's also cast on an eight. So you're more than likely when you primal dice to cast it. But the purple sun is kind of back in this GHB. Because while it's definitely easier to get rid of Endless Spells because of Primal Dice, it's back because it's also easier to cast in this GHB because you've got Primal Dice. In fact, there should be more Purple Suns on the tabletop because you should be able to get more out of them. Let's see. Now, it's got End Given Form. Subtract one from save rolls for attacks that target units while they're within six inches of any end of spells. That's going to be enemy and friendly, which is a huge... I've said this before, Mystic Shield is the best spell you can cast in the game. Being able to reduce the save by one is the same force multiplier that you can apply. Obviously, this costs points. Mystic Shield doesn't, apart from getting a wizard. But this is really impactful, being able to reduce the enemy save down by one. Uh... Uh, while they're within six inches of any and the spells with this ability and that's a pretty big range because it's 16 inches and then six inches so that's 22 inch range that you can affect in the first turn almost all of the battle plans you start 18 inches away in this ghb so you should be able to affect units on the first turn uh, which is good um, and then finally uh, in addition you roll dice for each unit within one inch of this and the spell after this and the spell has moved on a one, the unit has been touched by the purple sun's rays. <laughs> it's just a funny sentence. I can't get past that. If that unit has a wounds characteristic of nine or less, one on that unit is slain. So you can just yeet characters. You just murder so many characters. You can just put them down into the hole. Um... And then if not, otherwise, if it's a monster, it's D6 plus 6 mortal wounds. This is fantastic. Like, And I think I'd like to probably try to find a place for this in any of my armies. Um, because that raw output, because it's kind of thing that's got a little bit more interesting. And if you haven't watched it yet, I did a show about my first GHB thoughts. It's on the Honest Wargamer Streams YouTube channel or as a podcast, I think. Uh, both of which are available. Go listen to it. I talk about the fact that um, a lot of units in the game now that are 300, 400 points in the game, like especially monstrous uh, models, are in a much worse place than they were last GHB because of just people yeeting 46 mortal wounds at them as often as they can. This kind of does the same thing and it costs you points. So you might see this less because you've got Blizzard, which is the 46 mortal wound spell, in your army. Uh, but your unique characters, your non-Andorian Locus uh, casters, so Arcan as an example, Croak as an example, uh, Nagash as an example, can be cast in this spell. So you could do Blizzard in one place and then your Purple Sun's your other one as well, which is nice. Um, and I really like this. I think this is good. Now, I know it's expensive. I know it's expensive because it's 80 points. Um, but, like, I don't have a problem with it. Like, it's a good... For it does two things, which is important. It's a force multiplier because it effectively makes a unit minus one save. It's already great. And it's also a damage dealer. Like, both of which are really good. Uh, it doesn't have, like, the pure output potential of, let's say, Maelstrom. 
but it can just auto delete characters which is pretty crazy it's on a big base which is really good so it ha that six inch aura is going to be really big um which i think is fun lots of the armies that are playing right now and doing quite well have fairly good armor saves so it's worth getting those um i think this is an a yeah i think this is an a i think this is a, a great take and this is a great take all the time uh, and it's, it has a lot of threat as well. Moves eight inches. It has a nine-inch threat range at the end of each hero phase. Your opponent has to has a nine-inch or, or eighteen inches really because it goes nine inches in either direction. Where it's like I've got to be careful that I'm not going to take d6 plus six mortal wounds from this. Um, I think it's really good, like really good. In fact, probably my ordering for this so far is probably purple sun maelstrom that's probably my list so far is the way it works um so yeah very very good yeah and also yeah that's the other point as well because it's got such a high casting value even with primal dice trying to stop it is not a guarantee i mean on average it's a guarantee three primal dice you should be rolling a 10 or 11 to dispel this spell um but it's not a guarantee like you still maybe fail on it. And yeah, and also, good point by Mark, you're forcing your opponent to use Primal Dice to get rid of it. And it's kind of fun as well, because like, if you load up on Purple Sun and Blizzard in your army, your opponent has got to choose what they want to try and get rid of with their Primal Dice that turn. So you could probably try to overload them so that their Primal isn't going to be as effective, which is interesting. Uh, anyway, yeah, good. All right, Purple Sun, love that, love that. Then we got the Quicksilver Swords, or formerly as they're known, the Racist Swords. Uh, they cast on a six, they've got a range of six inches. And if successfully cast it up, the endless spell holding within the range of the caster, so six inches setup. And they move eight inches, so 14 inches is their first turn threat range. And after this endless spell's moved, you can pick one unit that has any models it passed across and roll 12 dice. For each five plus unit, suffers a mortal wound. And in addition, mortal wounds uh, caused by this ability cannot be negated. So it's not got the biggest range, 14 inches, and you need to move across it. Um, you need to have moved across the unit. So it doesn't have as much. It's 60 points. Thank you, Brown, our mate in the chat. Um, so it's just a damage dealer. It doesn't have... I mean, you can't do ward saves, uh, or you can't negate those, uh, those mortal wounds, which is quite rare. Normally, there's a lot of ward saves now in the game. Um, but it's a damage dealer. We need to compare it to the other damage dealers. It doesn't have the potential output of the three in a great take. So Pendulum or Maelstrom or Purple Sun. It doesn't have that output. It doesn't have the range of most of those as well. I know Maelstrom is short, but it's got... Not Maelstrom, sorry. Pendulum is short, but it's got more output. Uh, the No Wards thing is super nice as well. Um, uh, so you can't negate them. So you could catch some people out. And you could roll lots of five ups on 12 dice. But you should roll four which is not enough to kill a character. So I don't think it makes anywhere than B. Um, and I think it's somewhere between B and C, if I'm honest. Um, it doesn't even do anything situationally. I'm just trying to think if it just goes to can't justify it, because I don't think I can justify it. I really can't. Um, I think Pendulum, you don't put... you don't, you don't Like, it might have more consistent damage over time, but Pendulum's job is to be cast at very short range. So if you build the right army, if you build an army that's going to have an aggressive front line, let's say Mortec Guard, not that you see a lot of that, but I guess a Mortis Guard would be the OBR equivalent. You put a Mortis Guard in the line and you have a Bone Shaper behind them. The reason you have the Bone Shaper behind them or like some, you have a caster, Arcan behind them, someone 
behind the front line. And the reason you have those behind the front line is because they're doing some healing or they're protecting them, right? And you just then put Pendulum on the other side. Then you're immediately hitting their units that are charging you. So if they multi-charge you with a couple of models, you're potentially doing 2d6 more wounds into their army. Probably take Purple Sun in that case, to be honest, but still. Um, uh, like, not negating it is a big deal. That's obviously super true. Um, Pendulum is d6 to maybe many units. Yes, that's what I'm saying. There's more potential output with Pendulum. Uh, Pendulum is a bigger skill expression, but you get a bigger reward out of Pendulum. Um, so I think you could be aware it exists, but like I'm not, I'm not super sold on it, to be honest. I wouldn't take it. Um, I would rather try and put myself in a position where a Pendulum is going to do devastating damage than do four damage. But I guess it's, I guess it's four damage each hero phase that equals eight damage. That's pretty good. But then similarly, Pendulum, if it goes right, if you end up on a double, um. But they should be they should be dispelling all these under spells anyway like all these under spells should be getting dispelled with primal dice so it shouldn't matter too much okay ravenax gnashing jaws <laughs> it's cast on a six and a range of eight inches um and it's predatory so it's going to move at the end of each hero phase but before end of hero phase effects it can be moved up to 3d6 inches and can fly you can re-roll the dice to determine how far this under spell can move if it's summoned in the same turn and after the center spark is moved, you pick one unit that any models it passed across. And on a 2+, plus, the roll uh, for this center spark's move was greater than the unit's move characteristic. The unit suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the difference rounding down. So this is great into slow armies, obviously. Uh, and this is 70 points. Thank you in the chat to Nico. Uh, it's 70 points, great into slow armies. Not all the armies are slow. And also... You generally tend to see fast units in Age of Sigmar because fast units are better than slow units. You don't see, like, while the average movement in Age of Sigmar, if you were to take all the War Scrolls, might be, like, medium, because fast units are better in any game system, then the competitive scene tends to skew towards fast. Therefore, this makes it slightly less effective. But there are ways to obviously reduce movement uh, and movement characteristics in some armies, so you can combo this quite nicely. And it can sometimes just do bonkers amounts of mortal wounds, which is really nice. And it's going to do those bonkers amount of mortal wounds in every single hero phase. Uh, and then its range is determined on how much damage it's likely to do as well. Uh, because you roll 3d6, should be in between a 10 and 11. Um, but if you roll really high, like an 18, then you're doing more mortal wounds. So it's like a win more condition for the spell, which I think is interesting. Um, are you considering the size of the spells their ability to block lanes? Not really, but that's a good point as well. Uh, at 60 points, I don't... Uh, sorry, 70 points. I'm not sure you should consider them for blocking lanes. Um, but yes, obviously, there's also that as well. Uh, I'd say just be aware it exists. And I think in some situations... In some situations, it's going to work very, very well. Um, but for 70 points, you spend 10 more points, you got a purple sun. You're reducing their armor save down. Uh, it's got a nice like first turn threat range so if like you're like i'm going to deploy this and then i'm going to try and like do some damage to you early maybe kill some of your screening units so i can do a charge it's not bad as a shout as uh, at all but i think definitely it goes in b i just don't think it makes it into a um at all i don't know like maybe it and pendulum just trying to think i think maybe b i think b is fine it requires units to be slow, right? 
Jaws ate three units of my Arkenauts in three turns. There's big sexy in the chat. <laughs> Arkenauts are one of the examples where you do have slow models in the game because they're in a fast boat, uh, which is quite funny. Um, yeah, for 10 more points, you take Maelstrom and Geminids. There you go. Oh, Maelstrom and Geminids together for the same prices. Oh, my God. Yes, that's way better. Okay. All right. Uh, so, snare sh snow snare shackles. Uh, now this has got three parts to the Ender Spell. Uh, it's cast on seven, it moves eight inches, and if successfully cast, you set up the parts of the Ender Spell wholly within three inches of each other and wholly within range of the caster, which is eight inches. It's 40 points for these, thanks to Nico in the chat. Uh, so eight inches, and then they're three inches of each other. The start of the movement phase, roll a dice for each unit within six inches. So you're probably already casting it at your own army, or where your own army wants to be. Subtract the result from this unit's movement characteristic. Uh, so you, got, you roll a dice for each unit within six inches of this end of spell. Subtract the result from this unit's move characteristic to a minimum of zero until the end of that phase. In addition, if a unit's move characteristic is reduced to zero, you suffer D3 mortal wounds. Um, now this is like any like this is cheap, 40 points. And you could obviously mix this in with uh, the you can mix this in with the uh, jaws if you wanted to. Uh, rather than accessing jaws to try and combo and do a ton of mortal wounds but like most of the time you're just casting this straight into your own army you rarely have a wizard on the front of the lines who then wants to cast a spell in front of its own army which feels weird um there might be some deep striking units that you maybe are going to do this on but if you're going to deep strike those units or teleport those units you may be going to cast blizzard um but this is just too difficult to use, in my opinion. And this is going to cause you some nightmares. So I'll probably put it in Don't Take It. Um, because you're just going to mess your own army up. Maybe in a very unique situation it's going to work. But it's just range is so limited. If it's like 12 inches set up, then yeah. And I know there are some armies that can extend that range. Which isn't t loads of armies. Um, so you can extend it to 14 inches and put it in the middle of the board. But the middle of the board is where all the objectives are. So you've already let them get to the place um, where they've got to. So they don't care about moving past that point, in my personal opinion. So uh, I'd say that that's, yeah, yeah, that's a no from me. Don't take it. Don't take it. Uh, suffocating Grey Tide. Um, interesting. Cast on a six and a range of eight inches. It's got a massive base. Absolutely huge. And this Ender Spell is a predatory Ender Spell and it can be moved up to 12 inches and can fly. So it's got a 20 inch range when it gets cast and it's 30 points. So it's in, thank you to Nico. Um, it's 30 points. So it's it's competing with like, like the cheapest spells there are. So cheap. Uh, it's got Pull to the Grave ability. After this Ender Spell is moved, for each unit that has any models it passed across, roll a number of dice equal to the number of models in that unit for each 5 plus they suffer a mortal wound. This is the anti-horde meta. If you've got two units of zombies, two units of 60 stabbers in gits, you're going to do 20 mortal wounds to each of those two units if you get within range. That's crazy potential output. That's 40 mortal wounds. That only works into hordes, of course. Although, you know, um, even 10-person uh, units is going to do two or three mortal wounds. It's got a massive base, and it moves 12 inches, so you might be able to affect a lot of models, uh, which is quite nice. 
Um, yeah, and even averaging two mortal wounds on a unit of 10 is not bad. Yeah, I think it does a lot of, potentially a lot of damage. And it's crazy cheap. And also, yes, as we talked about in the chat, a very big base. So if you wanted to try and use it to move block. Now, with Endless Spells, you can move over Endless Spells, but you must complete the movement. So if you want, you could put this like just past an inch in front of your lines. So then your opponent is going to struggle to charge your lines and has to go around and attack on the side. So they might not be able to do enough. I'd actually say that this goes up here. I think it's a great take. I think in loads of situations, this is good. Like, I'm not saying it's the best in a great take, but it's so cheap. It's so cheap. And if you, like, and some of the lists that we've been talking about, good example would be Reign of Stars from last year, where it, it fails what we call the DPS check, which is doing enough damage to hordes. This is your 30 points... This just does enough damage to hordes. I don't have to worry about it. Um, like, this is just like, okay, I'm, I'm there's some hordes on the board. This is going to do a ton of mortal wounds for me, right? Uh, the fact that it's all units is wild. Oh, it's 40 points. Thank you very much. Uh, but 40 points is still just the same conversation, in my opinion. So thank you. Uh, the fact that it's, still, it's all units is wild. The fact that it's all units is wild. Uh uh like uh it it's like stellar tempest yeah it's so good it's all units right no it is 30 is it 30 uh okay it's either 30 or 40 someone in the chat's got to be the guy on the numbers for me I, it goes in a and i think it's great uh, it's gonna get unbound all the time but you got a good threat range on it it's 20 inches on the first turn in my opinion also just load up on cheap go geminids maelstrom and suffocating grave tide be like I spent less than 100 points on endless spells. Yeah? Use your primal dice to get rid of these. Just casting dice. My situation is just like, I'm just doing mortal wounds and stopping you doing command abilities. Um, I think I think Maelstrom, Maelstrom, Gravetide, and uh, Geminids for uh, sub 100 points is bananas. Uh, bananas, right? Also, yeah, Geminids is just ruins OBR. I've just realized. <laughs> yeah, like... OBR dead in the water. I like that they gave you command abilities and then they took them away again. Sucks to suck. Hey, Swaggy. Hope you're doing well. Shout out to the big tall drink of water. There's Michael Roush in the chat. Uh, right, okay. Next one. The Burning Head. Yikes. Uh, it's cast on six. It's got range of eight inches. Set up with an eight. It's a pressure in the spell and it moves eight inches as well. Uh... That's why they don't need uh, nerf OBR. The Geminids is a sleeve. That's true. I said no merit OBR gets slammed by Geminids. That's true and correct. Uh, 30 points for the Burning Head, apparently. Can someone just check that for me? Um, I will throw these hands at whoever plays Geminids. That's <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so if it makes it use primal dice. Burning Head is worse. Burning Head is terrible. Right, yeah. Burning Head is 30 points. Thank you. It's got the ability Flaming Skull. After this under spell is moved, the commanding player can pick one enemy unit within an inch of this under spell and roll a dice. On a 2+, plus, this under spell is treated as part of that enemy unit uh, until either that unit is destroyed or the under spell is dispelled, at which point the under spell is removed from play. While this under spell is part of the unit, at the end of each movement phase, roll a dice. On a 2+, plus, that unit uh, suffers D3 mortal wounds. It's cast on an 8, and it's got it's cast on 6 in range of 8 inches, so it's got a 16-inch threat range. Um... It's one unit takes D3 mortal wounds. 
I wouldn't take it if it was 10 points. So it's going, don't take it. It's just go straight at the bottom. It's a unit takes D3 mortal wounds. So I don't, I don't need that in my life. On a two plus, like just spend more points. Um, uh, I, this defo has a place in Nurgle. Well, interesting, according to Lex, let's listen to this. A cast by a Rotbring Sorcerer makes the enemy unit one massive disease spreader. Okay. All right. You can use a spell to extend the range of combat wizard weapons. Interesting. Uh, because it becomes part of the model and therefore has an extended range on its base. <laughs> That's such a weird situation. That's such a weird, uh, like people used to do with Archeon, but 30 points uh, after we've seen Suffocating Grave Tide. I don't think Nurgle thing actually, uh, either if it works or doesn't work, like those unique situations, I couldn't justify it even in those situations. Um, and I just wouldn't take it, in my personal opinion. I think that that's a no from me, especially when it's competing with Geminids, Maelstrom and, and Grave Tide, as an example. Or even Purple Sun. You can only take three as well, so uh, there's that. Umbral Spell Portal. Ooh, how the mighty have fallen. It's cast on a five, so it's very easy to cast. And it's got a range of 18 inches, which is nice. Um, if successfully cast it at one part of this end spell within an inch of the caster, then set up the other part wholly within range of the caster. Okay, so they've got to be within 18 inches of each other. There are two parts, and it costs 80 points. Thank you very much. What you can effectively do, long story short, is cast a spell through this portal. And then you measure from the other side of the portal. You can also put one endless spell through it. You can only cast one endless spell through it. And a change from last edition to this edition is that you must measure, you can measure to the other portal to unbind. So there are two portals, one next to the wizard and one at the other side. And then the other side is where you can measure the effective spell ranges from. It used to be that you could, you had to be near the wizard to try to stop the spell. Now you can measure to the bit that's close to your army, the one that's 18 inches away. Oh, no endless spells through it. Are we sure? Initial once per turn, if a predatory endless spell starts to move wholly within six inches of this endless spell, instead of making a move with it, the commanding player can remove the predatory endless spell from battlefield set up again. Yes, you can. You, can, you can't cast an endless spell through it, Woods per turn if a predatory spell starts to move wholly within range. So you can put in the spells through it. Uh, you just can't cast through it. No, I never said I never said you could cast through it. You can effectively you cast it in a spell, you set it up within range, and then it goes through the portal and ends up at the other range within six inches of the other side. So it's not massively important, but it's fun. Um and that's how it's worked for yeah, for a long time. Uh the setup is a big change, uh, agreed. Uh, the setup is a big change because now it has to be holding within it one inch of your caster and far away. So you can't be moving it around the board as you were previously. Um, it's also a low casting value. And as Alden was pointing out in chat, a lot of people use it to eat, use an incarnate that eats endless spells and levels up, which is what we've seen. But 80 points to cast a singular spell. Can't be Blizzard. Can't be Blizzard. Uh, but obviously, you're still probably going to use it with Techless to be able to cast uh, the spell through Teclas. You might use it in some other armies as well, but 80 points is a massive cost to cast one spell at a range in a game where people can dispel your end of spell and they've also got primal dice to stop your spells. So, um, I think uh, this is... I, I, just, I mean, 
it was previously right at the top. But I don't know if you, I don't even know if you can justify it. Uh, I really don't. I don't even know if it's justifiable. Like it was always very very expensive. I personally just don't want this to be in the game at all. I'm glad this has been nerfed into almost obscurity because I think the spell ranges are intended when they wrote it and they didn't keep writing to themselves. I wonder what happens if someone does a portal with this every time. Um, so I'm not overly stressed by this. Uh, but I don't think I could justify it. But maybe in the best situation with the right wizard, uh, so you, ca you, you can castify it. Um, usually if someone's placed purple, it's, some, uh, it's probably for some reasons. Yes, agreed. So I'm going to put in can't justify it. All right, we're nearly there. Pretty exciting. Soul Screen Bridge. Again, how the mighty have fallen. I think this costs 80 points. It's in two parts. Massive bases. So if you do want to block... Uh, Again, in front of your army. That's a real good spell to do. Um, uh, this end of spell has a spell that has a casting value of 6 and a range of 18 inches. Um, and uh, if successfully cast it, one part up within an inch of the caster. Set the other part up wholly within range of the caster. Yeah, yikes. This is a big yikes, in my opinion. At the start of the movement phase, the player whose turn is taking place can remove one for any unit. Basically, you can teleport a unit across it. I don't need to read it through. You start a unit within six inches, you teleport, you have to be within six inches on the other side. Uh, the unit uh, removed and set up again in this way cannot make a normal move after, so you just basically do a teleport. It's 80 points to teleport one unit, but when you teleport them there, um, they cannot issue or receive commands until the start of the next hero phase, which means you can't do reroll charges. You can't do something that might give you a 3d6 charge. You can't do a bunch of different stuff. Um... So you do a teleport and you're just nine inches away, but it costs you 80 points. Now, if you've got a shooting unit, that's still great, although you can't give them all-out attack. So it's kind of worse because you'll probably want to teleport a unit and um, do you know give plus one attack. So that's a problem. Yeah, as Owens pointed out in the chat, the, re the reason we probably saw this change was because of what was happening. I think two reasons. We saw it in Slaves to Darkness a lot with some Varangard, and we saw it in Carriage and Overlords because of Thunderers. Those are the two reasons that we did previously see it. But, I mean, you know, it's always been a bit of a problem in the game. Uh, because you've either sent loads of units through it, or uh, even you've sent one unit that could work really well. I don't think I can justify it. I'd probably say don't even take it. Uh, I think can't justify it. Mainly because it's got two massive bases for blocking board space. Like, 80 points to do that is a lot. But if you're like, I want to just make it so my opponent cannot charge me or is really going to struggle you can take that in gravetide and just f shut the front of your army down with ender spells so it's difficult to charge through um um yeah chosen bob too that's true uh moon Tonid, only reason for this is 20 pinks in zinch it's a great shout with hoarfrost cast on them put them through here then they can use destiny dice to charge um uh like so i would just put it down here in my opinion i don't think it does stuff you only, you only uh, you can't justify it, and if you are justifying it, then it's for a very unique situation. The Shards of Valagar. Again, two large bases, very much like the uh, the bridge. It's cast. Uh, in, it's got two parts to it. It's cast on a five, so it's very easy to eat if you want to be an incarnate, and a range of 18 inches. If successfully cast, you set up the parts in the spell wholly within 18 inches of each other and wholly within range of the caster. So it's 18 inches from the caster. 40 points for the shards of uh, Valagar, thank you. 
Um, and it's a predatory and a spell. Uh, but you move one of the two pieces of this each time. So you don't move all of it. You set, you change one where one of them moves all the time. So it kind of like, it moves across like checkers or something. And you set it up again, holding an 18, in, uh, sorry, eight inches of the other piece. Um, and while they're within six inches of any endless spells with this ability, so this is ensuring soul strain, um, uh, units cannot fly or be removed from the battlefield with an effect that would allow them to be set up again in the same turn. In addition, units can be set up within six inches of this endless spell. So this is pretty good. So while they're within six inches of any endless spells with this ability, so basically these two big bases, which are eight inches apart, and it's six inches, and the base is about two inches. So we're going to say that the spell itself has got an effective range of 12 inches, and then you add six inches either side. So uh, this is going to cover like 24 inches of the board with this ability, which is huge, huge portion of the board, uh, which is crazy. Uh, units cannot be fly or be removed from the battlefield, so no teleports, no flying with an effect that will allow them to be set up again the same turn. In addition, units cannot be set up within six inches under spell. So, do you want to shut down graveyards? That's a great shout. Um, do you want to shut down teleporting, deep strikes, uh, any of these things? Like, and these are 40 points. Like, this is really good in the right situation. Um, really, really good. Uh, like I think it's I think I think it's still situational into the right armies, but lots of those armies are going to be doing. Um, I mean, I like the idea of setting this up, like casting this right next to a loon shrine, <laughs> so no models could come back, which is dope. Uh, cast it next to the gash, so you can't summon any. I think. Oh, does that work? I think maybe you can do it next to him. Uh, I like this quite a lot, given prevalence of chaos, or black Revolt, seraphon, and any summoning army. It's pretty good. It's got a big range. It's got a very big range. Silvereth, Strike and Fade as well. That's a great shout. Oh, that's horrible into Silvereth. What a great point. Yeah, because te uh, sorry, uh, they teleport. Wow. Wow. Um, Hurts Beast of Chaos as well. I hate to mention that, but it's just true. Um, I think you have to play it well, but for 40 points. Yeah. So I, I'm going to struggle here. I'm going to say a great take. I'm going to put shards as a great take. Like, I really do. I think. Uh, same cost as Burner Head, though, so tough decision. <laughs> uh, I say Spelly Good. I'm thinking of moving Maelstrom into Spelly Good. It's so cheap. Like... I really do think. Anyway, I would potentially, I would potentially put Maelstrom up with Gemini. Gemini is obviously so good, it's almost in its own category. But Maelstrom's up there as well. Um, and ultimately, Shards of Allegor is only good in. Although it shuts down summoning, summoning it shuts down summoning, teleports, recursion. Like it shuts down lots of different armies for a small investment. It does. Um, Yes, very good. It's very good. In my opinion. Very, very good. I'm going to put this here as well because it's so cheap. I think that's about right. Probably the hardest spell to use potential-wise. Maelstrom isn't great in quite a lot less. You need to have spell volume to make it worthwhile. You don't need to. Don't forget, don't forget slain models will activate Maelstrom. 
super important to remember the same models like it works in spellcasting and shooting armies really well um so even if like uh would uh shards stop rally would shards stop rallying uh no i don't think so because it's units that set up units not models so it wouldn't stop rally okay finally lack one the soul seeker uh the journeyman the boatman taking us to the end of the video cast on six and a range of six inches um predatory uh oh you can activate Melstrom with a good anti-horde spell what a combo throw grave tide in and maelstrom at the same time do mortal wounds with maelstrom and act sorry mortal wounds with grave tide and then activate maelstrom stonks for days absolutely adore that i think that's great um 50 points for the boat it's a predatory under spell you set it within six and it moves 18 inches before a commanded player moves this under spell they can pick one friendly wizard with a wounds character of nine or less wholly within three inches of the center spell remove that wizard from the battlefield after the center spell is moved set that wizard up again holding three inches of the center spell and more than nine inches from enemy units after this wizard has been set up suffers a mortal wound the wizard can make a normal move or a run in the following movement phase so obviously previously we saw this in thankwall and pretty much the only time we ever saw this previously was with thankwall so it allows you to move a wizard up the board but at the end of the hero phase so you've got to really ask yourself i mean i think there's some situations where there's a wizard who's got an aura they've got a command trait that's really good or they've got an aura that's really good and you want them to be a little bit faster um but 50 points for that mobility which is too fast in many ways um is a problem uh do primal dice count as modifiers for extra dice for casting spells yes primal dice count as modifiers yes they do it says that in the core rules um yeah slap rat still lives though of course of course you can still still do that um I don't know. I think that there's going to be very few situations where you're going to want to put a wizard in the boat. Most foot heroes in Age of Sigmar are pretty weak source. Um, so there isn't really like a combat foot hero that you're going to want to throw into the enemy army. There are some cases, but not loads of cases, where you might want that mobility for 50 points to put an assassin-style character against the enemy. But you still have to be nine inches away. They get to move after, so then they've got a more competent charge, um, which I think is kind of fun. Uh, like... Yeah, you could use the twins. Not the twins from Orange, but just the twins. Kado's a good example as well. Uh, Going to boat a Kabbalist Karkadrak uh, Lord. It's pretty interesting. So it's not useless. But I think it's going to be the same as Can't Justify It. I think it's going to be, in some situations, you're going to do it. But very, very rarely. Very rarely. Which is probably true for everything in the Can't Justify It tier. Um... I would say it's the same as the bridge, right? It's the same as the bridge, palisade, portal. Portal probably goes higher in that situation. Yeah, and I think there we are. That is the endless spill tier list. Um, in my personal opinion, those are the spells that you'll see so useful. And if you are thinking about getting endless spells, uh, these are the ones that I would take. I think some of them are really stand out. I think the three that really stand out to me are Maelstrom, suffocating grave tide and geminids just because of how incredibly cheap they are as a three spell loadout i think purple like if you want it to be a little bit more of an aggro player it's more expensive but purple sun and also uh the pendulum for just and geminids for just a pure raw amount of damage output which i think is really really fun 
for doing a ton of damage, especially when you combine it with something like Blizzard. You'll be doing a lot of mortal wounds in that situation, which I think is really good. Um, <laughs> uh, but Geminis is just so good at, against the enemy uh, that you're going to use it as much as you can. So I would personally like just paint those up and use them all the time. Um, uh, yeah. And I hope you've enjoyed this video. Uh, please do let me know if you have enjoyed it. And I would like to know what you want to, uh, like what endless spells you think are in what tiers. Um, I'll include the link to the tier makers. So you can make your own tier lists. If you do make your own tier list and put them on social media, please do tag the Honest Wargamer in this video. That'd be cool. Um, I'll link that down below. Uh, and I want to shout out the chat. My favorite thing about creating content is that I get to stream and I get to create videos with the chat. There's lots of really clever Age of Sigmar players in the chat. Um, and there's lots of idiots as well. <laughs> there's loads of really clever players and loads of fun players. Uh, and they they bring their insight. Learning an Age of Sigmar army is an incredibly complicated process. So complicated to do it individually. Um, and so they're all bringing their experiences from their armies into it as well. It becomes more cohesive and hopefully that makes a better video. So I really appreciate and value the Twitch chat. So shout out to you. I think you're all great. Um, and I'm sure they've got some opinions about where these spells should sit as well. If you have enjoyed the video, you can support me by... Oh, I probably should say, if anyone is interested, uh, that you can buy Honest Wargamer dice. That's right. You can buy Honest Wargamer dice now on the honestwargamer.com if you go onto our uh, store and you can pick up our dice, especially if you think about casting spells. We've got some primal dice. I'll include them in the show notes. Uh, we've got some primal dice, but we've also got some Honest Wargamer dice. Honest Wargamer red, Honest Wargamer blue, uh, which is super fun. So I'd include those in the links if you want to go grab them. Uh, and thanks for listening to the, the show, the video. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks very much.